Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. All right. Flexers ready? John Legend was the host of one of those shows. No, he's on The Voice. I don't watch that kind of stuff. Did yeah. you guys ever watch America's Got Talent when Tyra was just like drunk yeah, every horrible. single night? She was horrible. What's funny about this is that JG's going to start the recording. With I all started the recording <laughs> at least 20 minutes ago. Well, I mean, what you're going to include in the yeah, show. It's got a, lot of, uh, <laughs> got a lot of good content so far. Tyra was horrible. I asked Maggie the other night because now she does Dancing with the Stars. I said, has she been a good host on anything? And she was like, uh, yeah, America's her own show, America's, yeah, that's what she said she was good at. I go, I will, hopefully you're good at your own show. Yeah, no <laughs> so here's what we should do. We should start the show now and like let that whole be the lead up. So anybody <laughs> who watches is just like super confused. Like, why are they talking about this pop culture? Like, yeah, well, we'll get into the Mandalorian here in a second. You know, this isn't a fantasy football show anymore. <laughs> Screw football. You see last Welcome week. Welcome to Pop Stillery. Welcome to Pop Stillery. <laughs> <laughs> No, but for a welcome on into the flex brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. Head on over to broadwaysportsmedia.com for all of the content that you do not want to miss. As you can see, the simulation is back up. I am here, recharged and ready to go. However, we are down one again this week. Our own Zach Lyons is off gallivanting in the Netherlands somewhere. No, I'm kidding. He's busy planning his wedding week. Godspeed to you, man. Congrats. It's a heck of a time to be doing this in these weird COVID times that we're experiencing. It's just, it's out there. But congratulations to Zach, and hopefully it all goes well. Congrats to Zach. Tomorrow is his wedding, if you're listening to this the day it comes out. Great job, buddy. You did it. You did it. You made it. (laughs) Yeah, best of luck to you and to your your lovely wife, or bride-to-be, I guess. Bride-to-be, wife tomorrow. Depending on when you listen to this, could be wife. So, yeah, we're yes. really happy for Zach, and we miss him dearly. We we miss the simulation rain. terminated. Zach, that's what happened. It revolted, wow. just oh, like the no. raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> raccoons are revolting. We're just all over the place tonight. Talk about America's next top model, singer, mass singer, John Legend, whatever. It's just it's we're all over the place tonight. I mean, Mandalorian's out now. I can't wait. My daughter's being is big into Star Wars now. When episode three comes out this week. It's like the only thing that gives me purpose and meaning because what what is even football? Episode four, sorry, episode four. Episode three was so short. I thought it was just two episodes, you know, one episode and two. But anyway, uh, so that's coming out on Friday, so something to look forward to. Hopefully we'll have some football to look forward to this weekend. I I don't know how everyone else is doing out there with their picks, but it's been a weird time. Um, But speaking of marriage, theme of tonight, you know, my background here is one of the most famous weddings of all time. Uh, how this man pulled two and whatever, but let's talk about real quick about look at our fantasy lines before we get to anything else. Since marriage is the theme and look at a player we're either we're married to and love it for the rest of the fantasy year, or we're married to and hate it and want to get rid of so JG. I think you've got some thoughts. Well, I'm married to a player very happily. We will not be splitting up anytime soon. I have this player on four of my rosters because I love him so much. He has a fantastic schedule to close out this season, and he's really ramping up and and shaping into gear these days, which is one of the reasons I love him most. Of course, I'm talking about the Washington football running back, 
Antonio Gibson. Anyone out there got Antonio Gibson on their rosters? You know what I'm talking about. He's been great. Now, sometimes it's like you're watching the, the Washington team play, and you're like, why the heck is J.D. McKissick touching the ball so much? And, yes, that is frustrating. But I do think that Gibson is going to be continued to be a key part of their offense. And when you look at their playoff schedule, you got Seattle Week 15. Seattle's been pretty tough run defense, but they've been uh, pretty pretty beatable through the air most of the season. And the Rams didn't have a lot of trouble running on them this past weekend, so they're definitely exploitable. But the real matchup is in Week 16. They go up against the Panthers' run defense, which has been bad all season, just allowed a huge game to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back. So I think you can start... Uh, or you can roll Gibson out to your championships and be happily married all the way through as he continues to, I think, get more and more touches as the season progresses. I think he will. It's not a bad one. So is there anyone you want to divorce on your roster? I'm happily married. I'm a very happily married man. Not in real life, ladies. (laughs) You're selling yourself short there. Well, let's go to another happily married man on this podcast, Robert Greenlaw. How does your roster look? Is there anybody there you're looking to jettison the hell off your team, or are you pretty happy with it? Well, I'm I'm very happy with a couple people on my roster. Alvin Kamara, obviously. I have him in almost every one of my leagues, and he's been the top player in fantasy. But I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. I – got Kyler Murray after the the run of quarterbacks in the in the you know third and fourth round after Mahomes after Lamar I got him in the sixth round and he's been the best fantasy quarterback and he seems to be I'm gonna I'm gonna say this and it's gonna jinx him and it's gonna tank my season but he seems to be matchup proof because of his ability to run the football he has been so good Rushing, I think he has more rushing yards, more rushing touchdowns than Lamar did a year ago, and we know how dynamic he was. Um, actually, I don't think he has as many yards. He has more touchdowns, though, so no need to correct that, JG, later. Um, very happy with Kyler Murray. I feel like he's going to help my team in the playoffs, even, no matter the matchup, because of his dual-threat ability. So thank you, Bill O'Brien, for trading DeAndre Hopkins to him. So he has a weapon, a massive weapon. But, uh, you know, just very pleased with Kyler Murray. Wouldn't trade him for anything. And as we – I think we weren't as big on Kyler Murray going into the season just because of a – whatever different reason, just thought sophomore slump, a lot of different things. So it is, it is surprising to see him doing well and be the number one quarterback in fantasy as we stand right now. Well, I wouldn't say we weren't high on him. I was just worried about the. I was we. We I weren't mean, expecting a number one overall fantasy performance from him from in quarterback position. I don't think. I wouldn't say that necessarily. I think there was a lot of buzz about him being this year's Mahomes from two years ago or Lamar last year, and I countered that by saying that Lamar and Mahomes were like twelfth through fifteenth round picks in their years of breaking out. Whereas you just mentioned you got Kyler in the sixth round. Now I thought that's like too high of a price to pay. For quarterback, so I will say from a value standpoint, Ryan is going crazy. But I will say from a value standpoint, there it is that I I would have been against Kyler Murray from a draft standpoint, but not because I, I didn't think he had the upside to be the QB one. You know, I think that right. 
And the you know, the reason was, I picked him in the sixth round, just a disclaimer, is because I had three picks in the first ten rounds in my league of record. I had the fourth round, a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, and a sixth round pick. So I had to pick starters at all three spots, or else I wasn't going to get one until the eleventh round. And one of the reasons Kyler's so good, you mentioned rushing. I mean, he has ten rushing touchdowns in nine games. But yeah. it's not just the ability, but the fact that Cliff Kingsbury is calling designed yes. QB runs, not just like scrambles. Like he has over 10 carries in three straight games, I think. Like he's really running the ball a lot. And he does a good job of sliding, getting out of bounds, not taking big hits too. So it doesn't really concern you. So just like so, Green yeah. I drafted him though. So that's guess what I'm getting after is that no one expected. I mean, because your number one quarterback doesn't go in the sixth round, right? So I'm just saying that there were some could he he possibly could have a big boom season maybe he's not i'm just saying that greenlaw based on our advice at the beginning of the season he did he kind of got that right as far as you said you want to kind of wait after the run of quarterbacks and get some other position players and then hopefully hit big late with a guy like that who is going to produce and that's just a win 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 for you so that's why i was trying to lead into greenlaw really did a good job there by picking him as late as thank he did. you thank you so much ryan yeah jg <laughs> <laughs> my married, my married to that. I'm a very happily married man in my personal life and to my fantasy team of because I've got Patrick Mahomes. Now that's an easy one. I understand that, but typically I generally will not draft a quarterback early. I will. I have for years done the thing where I will take my other positions first and then get a quarterback after the quarterback run and try to hit on something. That has not worked out for me the last couple of years because typically the quarterback I was banking on either got hurt. Early in the season, I'll have been Roethlisberger last year or something like that. And then I just had to scramble to find some backup, and it just didn't work out. And it was a pain all season trying to stream quarterbacks from week to week. I'm okay streaming kickers or a defense from week to week because that's whatever. Quarterback is miserable to stream, and that's the kind of situation I found myself in last year. So I'm very happy to have Patrick Mahomes. And it was never more evident than last week when he was on his bye. And I took my second loss of the season, my league of record. My first loss was a shootout that just hats off to the guy. He scored. We both scored in the 170s. He just was a little better that day. We both had huge games. This game I clearly was missing. If I just would have had a better quarterback, I would have won. Both low scoring, you know, so I missed him that week. On the flip side of that, I've got two players that I'm kind of meh on being married, and that's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I've kind of talked about it in the past. I don't spend a whole lot of time. He just, I don't know what he's going to bring week in and week out uh, to the table, but he's my RB1 for lack of a better option. Uh, well, RB2. He's one of my starting two running backs for lack of better options on my team. And I just haven't been able to pick up, like I stated before we even started recording tonight, that I picked up, I was excited to pick up Wayne Gallman just because I had a third option at running back now, other than having to rely on Joe Mixon being out because Giovanni Bernard is another guy on my roster. But if Mixon's not out, he's worthless. Can I ask you a question? Sure. I have Edwards Alaire in a league, and I've got him in my flex right now because, like you said, it just doesn't. You don't feel comfortable starting him as you have to if you have to. But I have Marvin Jones chilling on my bench. Would you guys start him over Clyde Edwards Alaire? That's my point. You're getting to that point. You're getting uh, those questions at, and that that's not an RB one from a team question, you're right? But I typically would. But I read something that. Stafford might have some sort of ligament tear in his hand. So if he does not start, then I would not start Marvin Jones. Mm -hmm. and thumb. My other one on the roster, just to mention real quick, is Jonu Smith, just because I was so high on him at the beginning mm. of the season. And because the offense, the Titans offense struggles of late, it's just hard to, it's really hard to bank on any of the pass catchers because for a couple reasons, because 
don't know who Tannehill's going to get locked in on. You don't know who's going to have a monster game. And even if they do catch multiple passes, there's no guarantee there's going to be touchdowns scored just the way they're going. And plus, it seems like the boat, the best way for them to cure what ails them is to get back to basics and run the ball a little bit. And that's bad news for anybody who's receiving passes from Ryan Tannehill. So those are the two players that I'm going to start every week, but I don't love it. And I I'll, probably yeah. should try to I'll pair do- them together and get rid of them, but I can't. I'll do you one better here, Ryan. I would want to divorce every single tight end outside of Travis Kelsey, all of them, (laughs) because they've all been complete trash besides Travis Kelsey. Let's start that movement now. If you you can, just eradicate the tight end position for your fantasy. (laughs) It's so bad. It's pointless. There's just – it's awful. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just find that tight end position, slap them with some divorce papers, and say, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're done son so hopefully that's the only thing that's getting divorced from this podcast uh this year uh like we said again congrats to zach and, and i know he's gonna maybe he'll pop in here later <laughs> like i did last week we'll see but we know he's 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 off happily planning and happily getting ready for everything tomorrow so he's gonna learn a lot in his first year of marriage i'll tell you that you know this first year of marriage you learn a lot about your spouse you learn a lot about the ins and outs even he, you know, it's a great time to be there. But this is also the segment where we talk about what we learned in fantasy. So let's transition to that now. Greenlaw, starting with you, what did you learn? Well, I learned that I suck at uh, start picks going two and five this past week. <laughs> Real quick, but that's... I have a feeling all of ours are going to have a similar thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave some meat on the bone on that topic for you guys because it was it was brutal all around except for Ryan. Uh, for our picks, it was bad across the board for most fantasy players. There's people, you know, getting vultured all over the place. But my real, what I learned is that Michael Thomas feels like he's untradeable. I have tried to move him in so many leagues as a, he is a keeper in my league of record. And that's the league I'm trying to move him in because I have so many solid wide receivers. I don't think I need him for the stretch run and I'm trying to upgrade no one wants him. I don't understand it. Nobody wants him. He's a second round pick next year, which in our league, Todd Gurley got picked in the second round and it was a decent pick because there's so many good keepers out there. So for him being a second round pick, that's really nice value and nobody wants to touch him. Uh, I offered him straight up for Travis Kelsey, who's not a keeper next year. And the guy is the worst team in the league. Guy said, no, um, which I mean, probably stupid on that guy's part, but still, no one, no one wants him. It's unbelievable. He does have a, a stank on him right now. It feels like, but will Jameis Winston unlock <laughs> Michael Thomas, baby? That's I think what it's I'm coming. Hoping. If he Eat does, I'm in great shape because the the guy doesn't want to trade Kelsey, so I'm not going to trade him for anybody else. So he's going to be sitting on my roster. He's probably going to get the start every week until he proves that he's just this four-point-a-game guy. So we'll see. <laughs> Joe Burrow. Uh, yeah, he's, he's the new Joe Burrow. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Hopefully he turns it around, but he has zero value. It's crazy. I think you get more for C.D. Lamb right now, and C.D. Lamb has less than zero value. God, the Dallas team, I just <laughs> – ugh, going from so high on him to just – I don't want any part of any Dallas players right now. They're just riding my bench. Good Lord. So I should probably divorce. Never mind. Johnu and, and <laughs> Edwards Alaire. Good grief. All right. Uh, JG, what did you learn? 
I learned that you can never trust anything in the National Football League and that just when you think you have a pretty good read on how things are going to go, you should throw out all of your expectations and completely flip them on their head because that's what's going to happen on Sunday anyway. Last week, I felt like I had such a good read on basically every single game. And rather than be right about every single game, I was only really right about the Giants and... uh I was really wrong about basically everything else, so <laughs> that sucked. There was a ton of bad beats. I had a ton of bad beats, but that's what happens in the NFL. There's always bad beats. There's always weird bounces and fluky plays. That's the way the oblong ball play. That's why it's any given Sunday and all that crap. So, like, that's – I mean, it's a serious thing. Like, you cannot trust what you think you know because the NFL is always going to surprise you, and uh, you kind of have to keep that in the back of your mind. And whenever you think you're getting too comfortable – it's because you're the one that's being voted out next. Yeah, that that's how Survivor works. <laughs> when you admit that you've got it under control, that means you're going home that episode. So Absolutely. just food for thought there. Yep. All right. Back to uh, amazing that you got the Giants game right. Not that I think Philadelphia is some amazing team, but I definitely thought they were better than the Giants. Turns out they're not. They're one of the worst teams in football. Carson Wentz, I don't terrible. know what he's – he is regressed. He, he's he kind is, of taken the Marcus Mariota he is path. Mariota uh, incarnate. It's crazy. It's, it's we have unbelievable. Been in our private chat, we it, it didn't. It was never a joke. But the we said we have said a hundred times. I the, the parallels between Marcus Mariota and Carson Wentz are too damn similar. They are, they might be the same guy and they have the same career path. And it's yeah. just they. Look, but Wentz got his contract. That's the only difference. Good for well. Yeah. Well, the other guy who I think follows a really similar career path is Derek Carr. And he's kind of, you know, brought himself out of the muck of, you know, just being this mediocre quarterback into being a, a above average starter, if nothing else. He's I mean, been he, amazing this year, by the he way. Has, he, he really has. He has. And he was good last year, too. So it's, it's kind of crazy to see Wentz go from – Wentz and Carr at one point were MVP candidates before they got injured. Um, 2016. When, yeah, 2016. And kind of their rebound. Wentz was pretty decent, and now now he's awful. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in football. And Derek Carr went to, like, this kind of this Alex Smithy guy, and now he's playing really good football. I had him as my starts a couple weeks ago. I mean, just, yeah, he's, he's playing really well this, this year. His stats really surprised me by how well he's doing. So I learned that. But what else I've, I learned is that football can really suck sometimes. And as much as, especially this year, this last weekend was just, for me, it was started with Thursday night in the, in the debacle with the Titans Colts and then Bama's game getting canceled on Saturday. I had this long weekend of nothing. It, 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 and this is coming off of Bama, coming off of a bye week too. So I had nothing. It just, it just was this weird feeling of stuff, and just it sucks. But you know, you look at games. It's it, when you're looking to cover spreads, you're looking to cover fantasy points, and you look at the actions of Nick Chubb, right? The big long run touchdown, going to score. It's going to add points to your fantasy roster. It's going to. I'm playing in a fantasy league where if he scores that, he he gets not only does he gets points for the rush for the touchdown, but then he's going to get bonus points because the touchdown run was over 25 yards. None of that happened. But on a football level, like just strictly talking football, IQ 9,000 stuff. They're able to just yeah. fill out the clock and get the win. And that's all that should matter to these guys. Not not their stats, not if, if they're doing right by fantasy team, not if they're whatever. Like, like if he has some incentive, though, and he's one touchdown short of that, I'm really going to hate it for him. But at the same but time, hey, good for him. 
but good for him. That just that you know that's just how crazy this can be. And then the uh, oh gosh, I'm, I, I remembered it earlier, but the game where they was it the Cardinals Bills where they didn't kick the extra point. Yep, you just kneeled on it. Cardinals, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brutal for betting lines. Brutal. Millions yeah. of dollars. Swung. The Browns line was minus four and a half, and they right. only won by three when they would have pushed them up right. by over 10 points, about 10 points if they kicked the yeah. extra point. And then in the Eagles-Giants game, the Gi- the Eagles go for two late in the game and don't get it, and if they just kick the extra point, that game would hit the over. The Washington-Lions game, Washington basically had the stop they needed and they would have gone to overtime with a chance to cover the three-point spread. Instead, Chase Young pushes Matthew Stafford down on the ground like five minutes after the play is over, 15 yards, puts him in field goal range. Um, there was another one. There was another bad beat. I can't remember what it was, but I had. So but this is the point. This is, this oh, the is Broncos went for two and didn't get it, and if they had got it, that game would have gone over the total as well. Or if they just kicked the extra point, that game would have gone right. over. And this is what this weekend taught me. <laughs> just in me in my – infancy of, of learning how to bet games this is a terrible this is a terrible weekend to, to wet my beak and try to to figure this out and try to to figure out patterns and and, and what can work i can't do it i, I just i i dipped my toe in this week and now i'm having to deba- deposit new money in because i lost all of it i didn't lose a ton of money no big deal but it just now it makes me go like yeah i'm not gonna do it again just i'm out i can't figure this out it, it's just a weird year i i, I had... loved this weekend like because i didn't bet any money on it and LSU Bama got canceled, like you said. So <laughs> I didn't have to worry about that game. <laughs> it was amazing. Because, uh, you know, LSU would have given up at least 100 points. <laughs> so I, I was so relieved. Thursday night football was as bad as it got. And then I thought, wow, this weekend is perfect. And then Bryson <laughs> DeFambeau played horrible in the Masters, which was awesome. DJ won. It was, it was all great. My fantasy team didn't do as well as I would have liked it to, but the trade-off was was there because, you know, LSU didn't play. They didn't get embarrassed. Bryson didn't win the Masters. It's all good. Gotcha. Well, that's what we learned. Let's get into our – we'll see how short this or long this segment is this week without Zach into our sits and starts. And, J.G., let's start us off. Who is your start this week at quarterback? This one's easy, baby. He's in the lineup. Drew Brees' lung collapsed or something crazy shit like that. Um, like five broken ribs. How many broken ribs does he have? Like two I heard a trainer did it to him on the sideline. It wasn't even that hit. <laughs> just trying when to I get saw that hit, I was, I was well, watching this. That hit this didn't with look like I, oh, I was really? surprised it got flagged. When I saw the hit, I was watching it in my friend's apartment, and I was like, oh, he's done. Like instantly that was my reaction was he's done. And then he like got up and I was like, wait, he got up from that? And then he like See, got replay. up and then he like hunched over and was like, oh, I gotta come out. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, he's freaking didn't land on him. But he didn't he lead like two that. touchdown runs after that? Or two touchdown drives after that? He came back in and went out and came back in and then eventually Winston came in and uh Yeah, after half Winston came in. Yeah, Winston came in after half and it was like, It's Winston time and I was like, This is it. We just talked about it. he's gonna unlock Michael Thomas. Anyway, they're playing the Falcons, and like that's the rule this year: is you start your quarterback is playing the Falcons. And I just am so excited to see Winston in Sean Payton's offense, like not at the end of a game where he's not allowed to like throw the ball or whatever, like actually play offense, like he did a little bit in the third quarter. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. So I'm starting. Are you worried about Taysom Hill? Because I yes. get so angry <laughs> every time Taysom Hill comes into a football game. Absolutely. I get so pissed off because I have Michael Thomas on fantasy teams. I have Alvin Kamara on fantasy teams. 
And if Taysom Hill is coming in, those two guys aren't getting the ball. I wish the right. Saints would quit trying to make him a thing. I really do. I, I don't see that he well, had all that much value. I really. agree. And the thing is, everyone always says, what are you doing taking your Hall of Fame quarterback off the field for Taysom Hill? Well, this week they don't have that Hall of Fame quarterback on the field. So I am definitely worried they're going to take Winston off a turnover machine of, in his career. So that is a slight concern, yes. But I'm banking on the Falcons' defense being so bad that Winston's going to, like, dump it off to Kamara, and he's going to run a 40-yard screen into the end zone. He's going to, like, hit Look, Michael Thomas on a slant. He's going to take 50 that'd yards. Be the best. That'd be the best. That would be the best day. Look, Winston is going to be fine. He, he throws such a catchable ball. It's so catchable, the other team catches it equally as much. And no, he can see now, so fixed. that's not happening yep. anymore. <laughs> we'll see. I, I, I made that joke, too, and I do think he'll be better now that I, he can see. So we'll, I really like the pick. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah. If you need a quarterback, you pick him up and too. you start him. And we talked about how tight ends stink. If Taysom Hill has tight end eligibility in your league, pick him up and start him. That's a fucking hot tip. That's a good one. It, I've checked all Last of our leagues, all and it's not – He's <laughs> at least our fantasy league, he's not tight end eligible because I was trying to pick him up today. Uh, but check all of your leagues, see if he's tight end eligible. If he is, plug him in because I guarantee you he is going to have more consistent touches than whatever tight end you have if it's not Kelsey. Yeah, no kidding. Might, might take your advice if I, can, if I can pick that up. So that's some great advice there, Greenlaw. Uh, stay with you. Some more great advice. Who is your sit at quarterback this week? Well, I'm really good at these quarterback ones, so I'm going with Ryan Tannehill against the Ravens. I think it's a very gettable game for the Titans run offense. The the Ravens have quite a few injuries on that in that front seven. So I think it's a big Derrick Henry game. Plus I think like you said earlier, Ryan, I think this team wants to get back to basics. They want to pound the football. I think Derrick's going to have a lot of opportunity. They've held him out at least part of the last two games so that he could be fresh. This is one of those games where you need him fresh for. I think it's a big Derrick Henry game, which means it's probably not a big Ryan Tannehill game. I, I mostly just hated all the other options, and this was the one where I thought this is the guy who's has the least opportunity. So I'm I'm going with Tannehill. If he's great, then then awesome. Yeah, I um am sad, but I did this last week and it worked out well. So <laughs> that's one of my two correct picks of last week. I'm sitting right in Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one? Uh, the other one was a Patriots defense, which going into Monday night was not a good pick. <laughs> <laughs> but then it, they've dropped to number 13, so I just made it. Well, thank goodness the uh, you're not, there's that monsoon and all that. Oof, good right. point. That was just all Belichick-controlled weather. Weather, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Turned that, on the that weather crazy machine. how he got that deal worked out. It's like that uh, the ultimate Christmas whatever from D- Disney Channel when we were little children. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. There was a Disney Channel movie about the girl who got the this, this, she could control the snow or the weather. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, before we get to my pick, I've done myself a disservice twice where we you normally trumpet whoever wins week to week, but I think I've just glossed over it both weeks. And, and God dang it, man! I went five and two last week. I I won our our sit start. I'm creeping up the leaderboard. Not really. I'm still I'm tied for second. I guess we're not catching Zach, but. It's whatever. We're, we're all there. We'll catch him. I'm catching him. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. Seven well, you know how we really catch him is we don't count any of his picks this week. Mm. <laughs> no, we really catch him by changing all of his picks to be terrible. <laughs> so, but my my start at quarterback is 
Teddy Bridgewater. He's been pretty good of late. Uh, he has, in the last two games, he has one rushing touchdown in each of the games. He also has two passing touchdowns in each of those games as well. So he's finding the end zone for points. And he rebounded from his poor performance against Tampa Bay earlier in the year where he only scored six points and he just scored 22 points against them. So he's able to adapt and he's having a better year this time around. Even without with inconsistency at his positions, with McCaffrey being out, he's still finding ways to get the ball to people and to score, and to score points. Detroit is ranked 22nd against the pass for quarterbacks. They've given up almost 400 yards versus uh, Washington, the 390 yards in that game. And before that, they gave up three touchdowns to Indianapolis and three touchdowns to Minnesota. So they're giving up points one way or another to quarterbacks over the last couple of games. Uh, I fully expect Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater to, if he gets around that 22 part, they're averaging giving up 22 part points per game to a quarterback. If Teddy Bridgewater gets close to that, that'll put him average-wise seventh or eighth, which will be just fine to get this win at set for me. Are you like concerned it. about I'm his... I'm concerned about his MCL, but... MCL we'll from that the running point. standpoint? I will say Detroit is, I think, number one in points allowed to running backs, um, like being worst, 32nd points allowed to... Like, they're the worst team. They're the best matchup for running backs. And I think that's largely because of passing yards and receiving and stuff. McCaffrey yes. is not going to play this week, but I do like the idea of Teddy dumping it off to Mike Davis for some easy QB fantasy points. So, Or Ryan's cool. best friend, Curtis Samuel. Don't forget about him. Hey. That's a good thing, too. He's a secret. Hey, man, I'll be talking about him in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zach has a, has a sit. It's Tom Brady. I don't have the notes in front of me. I don't know where they are. He didn't send any. He's got a busy. So, he's busy. Well, so here's Tom here's Brady Tom plays Brady. the Rams. Tom Brady yeah. plays the Rams. Guys, just y'all tell me what you think about it. I I like it. This would have been my pick had I gotten in thirty minutes earlier. So I like the pick. The Rams defense has been really good. They stopped Russell Wilson. If they can stop Russell Wilson, I think they can stop forty-year-old Tom Brady. No See. arguments there i don't i don't disagree with it at all but but every time i try to, to say one i thing, disagree not really i just wanted to recreate that moment i don't disagree <laughs> sorry uh, it's such a great moment in the show's history so great it's in the intro every week um it's just every time i think i've got the tampa bay buccaneers figured out they do something completely different and then i i can't make assumptions with them much like the rest of football as well so moving on to his start at running back salvin ahmed Thoughts, guys? I don't have any notes in front of me. So. I will say this is a bit of an onion hanger to throw him in at RB as opposed to, like, flex or sleeper to, like, hammer him out there at the, at the like, he's going to be top 24. But do you guys remember our freaking dumb preseason bet where we yes. bet? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we were just picking random 49ers undrafted free agent running backs. We said if it's a 49ers undrafted free agent running back, he's going to be the fantasy depth relevant. This guy. <laughs> I was like, hey, Salvin Ahmed, wait a sec. I watched him at Washington on accident when I was watching Jacob Easton last year, and he just, like, popped on the tape, and I liked what I saw. I and that. here he is freaking getting all – he's like, Miami's done everything they can to find a running back this year, and this mm -hmm. is the guy that emerges in the backfield. It's just crazy. But whatever, I'm a, I like it because I'm, I'm a big fan of his. If he outscores Jermichael Hasty this year, then I win a stupid, meaningless bet. So there you go. You do. Dude. I don't think it's that much of an onion hanger just because of the touches he's going to get. They're protecting yeah. Tua still, and he's getting all of the the running back touches. There's not someone that's that's close. Now, when Miles Gaskin comes back and becomes your fantasy league winner, 
then you gotta you take what how'd you pronounce his last name i don't want to get it wrong salvin ahmed <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah i definitely you can take him out whatever. but uh, yeah but but for now i think it's a really good pick uh they play who do who does miami play this week the broncos broncos are absolutely horrible um he just disappeared yeah he's gone tyrese got drafted maxi got drafted sorry go ahead <laughs> Oh, by the seventy oh, sixers though. For once in your life. <laughs> you guys are no. trying to hold a show during the NBA draft, like it's my fault <laughs> or something. Oh, my bad for that's being the same scheduled time, give or take thirty minutes every week. Well, this one was like give forty five minutes. Well, that's not entirely my fault this time. <laughs> yeah, you jumped on early. It's not our fault. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so I'm thinking that was a bit of a risk, to, not not risk, but that was a bit of a uh, outlier picking that name out of the hat in our preseason talks. But uh, I'm I'm taking a bit of a risk this week with my sit at running back James Robinson. He's been a stud. This is more about what Pittsburgh's defense, second versus the run, has done against opposing running backs. So it's less about. I, I fully am a believer in James Robinson, and and I fully expect this one to not uh, be a win for me and for him to completely prove me wrong. But it's one of those things where I can see him really struggling, doesn't maybe doesn't maybe find the end zone, and just makes his points in yards, but he still maybe gets under 80 yards, doesn't add a whole lot in the receiving department. Kind of one of those just slugfest days. Because Pittsburgh's really good against running backs. You, really, you really were, good. they got a really good defense. You were doubting yourself on all your picks last week via your notes that we read, and uh, you ended up having a pretty good week. So yep. I don't know. Whenever you feel like – this may be a risky mm-hmm. decision. You've been doing pretty good on this. Yeah, this, I do feel this is risky because he could very easily have a multiple touchdown game depending on how it plays out. He doesn't I, get the yard. I like the pick, though. Them. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, so we'll, so we'll see if it works out for me or not. I don't really like it. I'm glad y'all do. But since you do like it, Greenlaw, who is your pick at running back this week? Real quick, I want to go back to JG saying Ahmed was such a, you know, bringing him up preseason. I guarantee you no other show – period brought him up this preseason so shout out to this show shout out to jg this is why this is the best pod fantasy football podcast in existence completely didn't just just point at the roster and go that guy <laughs> no no absolutely not he had research uh, behind it he knew what he was talking about thank <laughs> go <you>. ahead <laughs> watch jacob eason yep yeah see he he was grinding. I remember that tape. conversation. I was like, yeah, I've watched him before. And he went into like the game, like the, what he did in this one game. I was like, Lord, there's no way you've watched all this guy. And he did. I'm, he it's did. awesome. That's why the show is number one. 20 number million one. views every week. Yep. Number one on the charts. Check it out. Uh, so my my start this week is Kalen Balaj. Another, you know, Adam Gase reclamation story where you get out of the Adam Gase world and you're amazing uh, immediately. It does. It takes no time. As soon as you get any opportunity, you're amazing. And this um, is interesting because this is a guy that Adam Gase actually wanted even yeah. beyond. This isn't like he, he had, he was a two time Gaseian. Like, yeah, this is unbelievable. He was with the dolphins. Then he got traded to the jets. This, this off season, he was on the jets this season. Gase is like, this guy is not for me. He's too good. Uh, get rid of him. We love Frank Gore. We love how slow he runs. We love how old he is. This is the kind of guy we want for this Joe Flacco-led offense. And, you know, hard to argue with the results Adam Gase is getting. 
but Kalen Balaj also doing a great job now for the Chargers, and it's kind of a revenge game. He gets to play against Adam Gase, against the Jets. We know the formula. Jets against running backs equals a lot of points. So you start Kalen Balaj against the Jets, you're going to get a lot of points. They're 26 against running backs in points per game. This is, this is maybe the one game, now that I say this, it's not going to happen, but this is maybe the one game that the Chargers win by multiple scores. Don't fall I, into that trap. That's what the betters, <laughs> that's what the sportsbooks wants you to do because the Chargers are eight and a half point favorites in this game, which to me is unbelievable that the Chargers would ever be eight and a half point favorites. I don't I care who they you. are playing. The Chargers, bro, I'm taking the Jets. I'm taking the Jets. Ah! Never take <laughs> the cover Jets. the spread. Never Just take to cover the spread. <laughs> Just to cover the. Zach texted me this earlier today. He was like, I might throw a little bit on the Jets' money line just because it would be the most Chargers thing ever for them to oh. lose to the Jets in this season. In like the last second or something, like it's like a fumble backwards that loses and, the game for him. I mean, <laughs> Flacco, I mean, we joked about it a lot already, but Flacco was not bad last week against he wasn't the terrible, Patriots, no. who made Lamar well, Jackson look Flacco. Flacco was is the reason, and I hated myself for this. But Flacco is the reason why I didn't take the Chargers later in my defensive, like considerations, or like no, no, in my my personal fantasy league, I, I picked up the Chargers and I dropped them right away again. Going, nope, not gonna do that because Flacco's gonna Flacco all over them for whatever Elite, reason. Baby. I'm gonna hate this. I'm gonna hate this pick. So yeah, so yeah, I had, that that thought did occur to me today. Another thought occurred to me is absolutely the hilarity of when I read in our group chat sometimes about uh, the line that literally someone said today that if they had like a pay-per-view for coaches fights that somebody would pay top dollar to watch Adam Gase get his ass kicked. He said he'd pay $200 to yes. watch a pay-per-view yes. of Adam Gase getting beat his up. Ass kicked. I oh laughed my, my ass off. That's that awesome. I love that kind of stuff, man. Good grief. All right. If, if Anthony Lynn loses to the Jets, do you have to fire him? I think he's a terrible coach. I know Zach thinks he's great. Boren, I know, likes him as well. I think he's horrible. You can't keep on playing down to every single team you you face. And you he has a bad record, too. I mean, I don't – I. I don't understand how this guy is considered a good coach. I, I, I heard this on another pod. I heard this on another podcast. And I'm not 100% sure how accurate it is or what it really means. But apparently Justin Herbert was talking after the game about how their game plan going into Miami was to run more on early downs because yes. they had so much success throwing the ball on early downs. But Miami has the 32nd ranked DVOA run defense or whatever. So they decided to go into this game running the ball more. And obviously it didn't work very well. But I just like that's such a weird coaching decision to like decide our quarterback is doing so well, throwing the ball on early downs. Right. We're now going to not do that anymore. That's just right. good coaches play to your strengths, right? Not you don't bend necessarily to the other team. And it, you should and it didn't find work out either. It's, 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 it's quicksand. It's quicksand. You can, yeah. this isn't a coaching podcast, but the, we kind of got into this on the coach's corner this week. Shameless plug, uh, where we kind of talk about <laughs> keeping it simple, and sometimes you can really outthink yourself. And I think that's one of those cases where you start looking at metrics and like, and going, well, maybe we could do this, but that's not really who your team is. You're or missing your top two running backs, guys. Come on. Right. <laughs> so exactly. So I mean, you can really you can really outthink yourself sometimes for sure. So, but JG, keep us going here, and you've got a enigma pick here because he, he's gotten I think I've gotten him wrong twice this year but give us your sit at running back 
I've gotten him wrong once already this year, but here we go again. Todd <laughs> Gurley, the Gurlinator, little girly boy. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Gurley playing yeah, against the. You gotta stop, man. <laughs> Just get the word "boy" out of your. No, well, that oh one was because like girl. That was like a play on girl, like girly, like he's very I know, girly. But Mooney boy and girly. It's 2020. Yeah. You can't say that. That was like a. That was an intentional. Whatever. Anyway, the point is, he plays the number two ranked team against running backs this year in the New Orleans Saints, who have been really. The defense has really turned it on the last few weeks. Stifled the San Francisco rushing game, which we know their whole offense is predicated on. The Bucks were like, "This run defense is so good. We're not even. We're just not even going to try. We're just going to just not even run the ball more than four times with our running backs." So, I think this could be a tough matchup for Gurley and the Falcons, who have been doing the doing well through the air. Brian Hill's playing a lot these days, especially in like two minute drill and passing situations. So. I'm not I'm not in on Todd Gurley and when he runs in a two yard touchdown or two this weekend, it's you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank JG for the touchdown that's inevitably gonna happen. It happened to me two weeks ago. I was like, God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> he always right. gets them. Always does. It just it's maddening. Even when he's not trying to get them, he'll get them. He'll get those short touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> He just falls into the end zone when he's trying not to score. Exactly. Hey, man, no score. That yeah, video is unbelievable. <laughs> that, yeah, that video is so, so cringy. It's like an I office thought, episode. I'll put I thought it right for here. Sure. Hey, I thought, don't score. Yeah, I would don't score. Don't score. <laughs> I thought for first, sure that someone had to first. cut that wrong, and maybe he had said that to him on a play before or something, but nope. <laughs> <laughs> and he just – and the way he fell was just that – Literally, if he just would have had the ball in the other arm, it's fine. But he just fell right there and extended it, sort of just chicken wings, and it was just awful. Maybe he's a goldfish. Maybe he has a you know the memory of a goldfish <laughs> Maybe. because that play couldn't have been twenty seconds later in time than than when he said, I, "I'm not going to score a touchdown here." I think it's just in his blood. You know, this is what we see from Atlanta teams. <laughs> he's from Georgia. He like he can't help but blow a lead at the end of a game in a crazy way. He's yeah. the reverse Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary has a force field. Todd Gurley has a tractor beam. It's always <laughs> pulling him into the end zone at all times. It's he can't help himself. Can't help it. Can't do it. Tractor beam shirt going. I'll work on it. <laughs> Coming to the Broadway Sports uh, Shop, the tractor beam T-shirt near you it. soon. So, JG, I've, I've got a blank for your wide receiver here, but I'm sure you're going to talk about somebody. I'm kidding. Who's your starting <laughs> wide receiver? <laughs> it's not who you think. Oh. Because I'm not ball. dealing with any tendonitis, thumb, what is it, ligament issues for Matthew yeah. Stafford? Give me a break. You're crazy if you're starting Marvin Jones this week with that issue <laughs> going on. Oh, man, I'm going back to an old show favorite, none other than the um, Lake – Panawana boy himself. T. Higgins. T. Higgins is my start at wide receiver this week. It's going to be an interesting game with the Bengals going up against Washington, two teams that seem to just find ways to lose every week. So we'll see how they come out on top there. And I am definitely worried about the Bengals' offensive line against the Washington defensive line. But I do think the best backup offensive line in the in the league. It, <laughs> it's better than their starting offensive okay. line. Good it's God. absolutely better than their starting. But just looking at T. Higgins, I mean, him and Joe Burrow obviously have their connection that they developed at Lake Panawana, but they also have it on the field. And, you know, yeah. going back to before the bye, T. Higgins, nine targets against the Titans, nine targets last week against Pittsburgh, even in a game where they 
um, were never really in. Higgins still had seven catches, 115 yards. Like So I think game script in, is irrelevant. I think that Higgins and Burrow are just – Burrow's just always looking for Higgins, and I'm buying this rookie stock. While yeah. It's yeah, absolutely. He's a guy Ryan and I liked all the way back to the draft, but it's been kind of wild to see how quickly he's become a very, very good – not only real wide receiver, but a fantasy wide receiver. Like, yeah. Unbelievably, he's been productive since I think week two is his last week under 10 points in PPR. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So great consistency from him. He's a guy that you can plug him into your lineup every week and be pretty confident that you're going to get 12, 15 points at, at minimum. Yeah. And with yeah. AJ Green just fading into oblivion, yeah. He yep. is primed and ready to take over more. more he's very more talented. Time. He's definitely a guy that I was expecting. I wanted him on the Titans because I thought, wow, what a, you know, you don't really have to worry about can you or can you let Corey Davis walk or not? Because I really thought that he'd be a good person, especially going into his year two to overtake out there out wide. But he's, he's a guy that they could plug anywhere on the field. So he could have been in multiple sets. So I think on the day he got drafted, he got drafted a little earlier and I thought he was going to, and I was pissed. <laughs> I was, I was hot. Yeah. Well, that's why T. Higgins and Burrow did all that fishing together and all that growing together because, I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding now. And yeah, in the fishing bait. So, Greenlaw, give us your sit at wide receiver. I'm sitting JG's boy, Robert Woods. Uh, they're playing – the Rams are playing the Bucks this weekend. Bucks are the 10th best uh, team or defense against fancy wide receivers. They're only giving up 33 points a game. Uh, and they're the best defense in football uh, against the past as far as DVOA. I'm not a not a golf believer. I've said that before. Um, and I think this this defense gets to them. And I don't think really anyone on the Rams is going to be very productive. Tampa Bay's defense is really, really good. Um, so I'm sitting Robert Woods. Take the end. Sorry, JG. Yeah, take, take the, the under. Both these teams have very good defenses. Yeah, but again, it's Tampa Bay, so who knows what they're going to look like and what you think about when they go out there. I've been wrong about that team three or four times this season, So, but they do have a good defense. I do agree with you there. So going on to my start at quarterback, and this is I'm pairing it up again, much like I did my sits last week, and we talked about him a little earlier. Because of the reasons the Greenlaw pointed out, I'm starting Curtis Samuel. Doubling up here with Bridgewater, of course, McCaffrey's out again. Like was pointed out, there could be some easy quarterback points dumping off to the running backs. I think that Curtis Samuel is a hybrid running back receiver type position, and the Panthers really looked – he started picking up in that. He's coming off of a bad week, but they also were kind of transitioning back to McCaffrey a little bit, so it was kind of a weird time. Now they know he's not going to be in there. It's going to go back, and I think that the way that this matchup is set up, that as was stated by my co-host earlier, that he is going to be their ter- – the, the Lions are terrible – against running backs out of the backfield. I really think that, that you're going to see a lot of that in this game. And I think Curtis Samuel is going to have a multiple touchdown game again and, and get those easy points in the receive, wide receiver position. Boom. They did like just give 45-plus points to Washington. So, yeah, I like that. So, moving back over to um, who is not here again? <laughs> Zach, his oh, sit at wide guy. receiver. Another guy, his his sit at wide receiver is Tyler Boyd, which is kind of it's kind of weird here because we have a start in this same receiver on the same team as a sit. It's it's just is it one of those things where we th- 
you know, the confidence here is Higgins and Burrow are the better tandem team. Boyd's becoming kind of the forgotten man along with AJ Green. Is that kind of the thinking process here? I would guess this is matchup based and Cincinnati doesn't have a great matchup when you just look at the numbers. You know, Washington is second against wide receivers sure. overall this year. And I I'm I mean, I do think that T. Higgins faces a tough matchup from that regard, but I just think that his usage is so high and Burrow looks to him in the red zone and on all over the field that like he can somewhat be matchup proof in this game. I mean, it's not like Washington has Jalen Ramsey, they're going to slap on him and shut him down, you know, or anything like that. They just have a good defensive line, and they've been good, and they've played the NFC East a lot this year, who has bad offenses and stuff. So, you know, it's kind of partially skewed that way. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Tyler Boyd, I don't know. He's kind of just meh at this point. I think T. Higgins has supplanted him as the primary target in the offense by far. This is my thinking when I sat him a couple weeks ago, but he had that one game out of four that he's going to be good in. Well, he was nuts point. against the Titans. Yeah, that might have been the game. I can't really remember. But, yeah, exactly. He's going to have that every yeah. once in a while. So, Boyd has been pretty consistent, though. He doesn't have the ceiling Higgins does, but he's been pretty consistent. He's only had two games under 10 points. Uh, and at least at, even last game against the Steelers, he had eight targets. I know he only had 10, 10 points in PPR, but he did have eight targets. So the volume is there with this Bengals offense for sure to feed – him and Higgins. Um, so I think yeah. this is a little bit of a gutsy pick from Zach because I Me wouldn't too. I wouldn't bench him. I'm actually starting yeah. Tyler Boyd in a league. So that's why I kind of want to call out the the, the the dichotomy here of just one of us is sitting at a bangle and then it's just it's kind of has a weird feel. We'll see how it works out for him. He'll probably get all of his picks right on the week that he probably didn't spend as much time thinking about this as he does normally and just say, that I, sounds like exactly like what's gonna happen. Exactly. So, but moving on to his tight end, he's got starting Tyler Higby. I have no thoughts. Okay. I just, it's whatever. Yeah, well, <laughs> go for it. It's the tight end position. I'm, I'm, I'm whatever. So we're going to move on to my. <laughs> if you feel good about it, go for it, baby. Yeah. About anybody has a, you know, as good of a chance as anybody, except for Kelsey to be a tight end one, you know, it's, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. Whatever. So speaking of crapshoots, I'm also, kind of running a theme here. We talked about Ryan Tannehill earlier, about how Greenlaw's down on him and how the offense is probably going back to basics, running the ball with Derrick Henry. And that's why I'm sitting, and I told you about him in my possibly married to him, and I'm not, unha- I'm not real happy about it based on expectations. My sit this week is Jono Smith. For everything that we've already – I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but for everything we've outlined in the show so far, I just – it's just a bad combination. Watch this be the game that he gets 10 receptions and two touchdowns. I'd be happy about that because – I would too. I have to start him. But I had to start him. Exactly. Started I don't back have to back games. So. He did. The touchdowns are saving him right now because otherwise he would have no, that's what I'm saying. Like it was a three that's points the a game. entire position of tight end is who gets the most right. opportunity in the red zone. And right, right. now, Johnny Smith is top, near tops in the league in that category. Sure, but it's still it's still barely getting there because I think he still only finished with I it was yeah. I think it was under ten points for the game. Like one catch right in the end. Right. So I mean it, even, even there. <laughs> He may or may not make the top 12 for tight ends, depending on how everyone else does. It's just such a crapshoot this position. So we spent too much time on it already. Moving on, Greenlaw, who is your start at tight end? Austin Hooper is going to scoop up some touchdowns this week against the Eagles. The Eagles are the fourth worst uh, team in the NFL against tight ends, uh, giving up 15 points per game, which is well within the tight end one range well within if you're getting 15 points a game from your tight ends that's 
amazing this year. Twelve points. Um, what about Harrison Bryant? Well, I like Harrison Bryant, but this is Hooper's second game back from injury. He was getting Bryant had I a think, whopping zero targets last week. Right, and and uh, Hooper was getting I think seven or eight targets a game when he was in pre-injury. Then the injury happened. Bryant and and uh, Joku had to step in for a couple of games. This is Hooper's second game back. Philly's pass rush is really good. The run defense is really good. Um, I think they're going to be able to pressure Baker. I think they're going to have a little bit of trouble running the ball against them, which is going to open up a lot for Hooper to run on Nathan Gary or whoever their their linebackers are in Philly. So I, I like the Hooper pick. Like we've we've said, we've probably spent too much time on Hooper. But I like Hooper this week, and I actually like him – the rest of the season if you can get them nice nice all right that's well said jg who is your sit at tight end so i'm gonna sit robert tanyan at tight end this week he's going up against the indianapolis colts colts are currently third against tight ends when it comes to defensive play colts have a pretty good defense overall Devonte adams is a stud what do you need robert tanyan for when you got him alan lazard's coming back soon maybe this week so sit tanyan and then uh, yep. his name escapes. I, I just thought about it earlier today, and I said his name earlier today, the, the Notre Dame kid. Uh, Maldez Valdez. Valdez. Yeah. MBS. He's, he's even catching passes out there over the tight end. Yeah, he had over 100 yards this past week. He was the guy this weekend, damn it. Yeah. I thought it was going to be Adams. Yeah, well, exactly. Adams still had a nice week. Screw football. <laughs> you just never know when this is going to come from. <laughs> so moving on real quickly, let's go to your, your started defense as well. All right, well, uh, this may make little sense, but I'm starting Washington's defense against Joe Burrow in Cincinnati because we talked about it already. <laughs> their d- offensive line and the Washington has a good defensive line, and I don't really know that their defense is going to be all that like good in this game, but I could see them getting like five to eight sacks. Burrow's taking multiple hedge, seven, eight sacks. Here. It's fine. He- I'm not hedging. No, I, I actually much. really like this pick because of the sacks. Believe yeah. it or not, if you I know you saw the Titans play the Bengals, you think it's impossible <laughs> to get a sack against the Bengals. You it's can do it. Field you, ball. It's, it's, it. you can't get past them. <laughs> no, other teams everyone have done can it do it a lot of everyone times. Everyone other than the Titans, yeah. I, I will agree with that. So yeah. also so like I, if you look like at the deep the defenses outside the top twelve that are options to start this week, it's like you just gotta pick the best defense on the list. Yeah, honestly. yeah. I wasn't real happy. Yeah, we'll get to mine in a second. I'm not real happy with mine either. So all right, who is your sit, Greenlaw? Uh, my sit's the Ravens. I said it earlier, they're banged up a little bit. I think it's going to be a Derrick Henry game. Plus, the Titans take really good care of the football. So I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points for them to get on turnovers. You can't the, – the magical thing about defense or special teams points, you can't get points for your defense by the other team kicking a 17-yard punt. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, I'm not worried about Trevor Daniel playing because I, I assume they've got the protection issues cleaned up. So if he just kicks 20 yard punts, it doesn't matter even if the Ravens score right afterwards. Also, Brandon Williams and Clayus Campbell being out for this defensive yep. line just it's, it's, it's like, I mean, 
but I don't want to say that this is a hundred percent true, but it almost felt like the Ravens went out and got Clayus Campbell in the off season, almost purely to like Henry. stop Derrick Henry. <laughs> right. And at one point they had signed Michael Brockers to it. I don't think that deal went through, but all of their he moves immediately opt- were for, I, I don't he know if he opted, opted out. COVID, maybe? I don't know. I'm just talking on my ass. Uh, correction will be on the screen, but yeah, I agree. All their moves were for, <laughs> uh, for Derrick Henry or to stop him. And I, and you know, those guys are out this game. Right. And Brandon Williams was in last year and he's now out. So uh, it will be tough though, without uh, Derrick Henry's lead fullback. This is another interesting fact. The Titans will play Yannick Ngakwe for the second time this year, which they're used to doing, but this year he hasn't played either of those games for the Jaguars. So that's kind of funny. Uh, bad news. He has to face uh Tyson Braylo. Uh, no, bad news. He has to face him, and he whooped him when he was playing for the Vikings. Yep. Pretty bad. But, but that was early in his garden. So we'll see. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Tyson Brello was like kind of like a starter-ish for the Falcons. Like, we're all, like, shocked that he's playing so well, but, like, he's kind of like a Dennis Kelly-level guy that J-Rob went out and got because he knew Dennis Kelly was going to be a starter, so he needed another guy like that to swing around. So, I mean... Right, yeah. and and Ty can catch t- touchdown passes, which you exactly. lost when De- uh, Dennis Kelly became a starter. So now I guess Isaiah Wilson's going to be catching touchdown passes since he's the next man up. They need to no. find a way to get Jeffrey Simmons in there. Yeah, <laughs> catch touchdown passes. That would be awesome. <laughs> Just mossing people. So, like I said, I'm not really in love with my start of defense this week, but it is the Cleveland Browns, and – I haven't been wild by them. They've been kind of, for what they have on defense, they've been down in sacks. They did have two versus Houston, but they've been down here recently and not getting a ton of them. They did hold Houston to seven points, but that was a mess of a game. That whole thing was just awful. But they are going from that mess of a game to a mess on offense in Philadelphia, who is probably starting the worst running back at quarterback that I can think of in the NFL right now. And it's just it's 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 bad there in Philly. So that's the only reason why I'm taking Cleveland. It's not so much that I love their defense, but it's that I have zero confidence in, in Cream Cheese's offense. Yeah, for those reasons, uh, Cleveland is my DFS uh, defense this week in DraftKings because I think I have zero faith in Philly to do anything positive. It's really a shame when you have the best wide receiver in football in Travis Fulgham and you're wasting him behind Carson Wentz and no Jalen Hurts wouldn't be much better can I hit you with something because I leaned on doing this for a while I was like do I want to go with the Browns maybe I was because I thought about it I definitely thought about it we're all out on Philly finally right everyone who even had a last morsel of hope is like Philly sucks I'm done everyone right yep Philly scoring 30 wait you're talking about everybody on their team no, no, no. Like the people who watch football in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're out on Philly. So you're saying that we should jump back in. This is the week gonna... that Philly scores 30 points and we're all like, oh, wow, I guess Philly's not dead yet. <laughs> would, Just wait for it. That would That's be, how that football would works. Yeah. Because I'm picking the Browns for my deep. Yeah, there we go. It's, that this, is how it all happen. lines. This all lines up. It's per- too perfect. So <laughs> Zach's sit at, at defense this week is Kansas City Chiefs versus the Raiders. Yeah, good idea. Good idea. All right. His <laughs> moving on to our flex picks. And this was actually one that I wanted to start at receiver uh, this week instead of Curtis Samuel. And I got halfway through typing his name and I glanced over and saw that Zach had him in the flex. And I don't 
you know, like to double up because I want to give lots of content and, and, and I don't want to give the same guy. But he's going with Deontay Johnson. And I love this pick this week. I, I really do. I had it all typed up. I was going to pick him. So I'm all for it. I think Zach had a good had, has a good shot, a good pick here in the flex. Sure. Sure. All right. So that's just how we're going to do Zach. That is hard-hitting analysis right there. Sure. Well, you know what? Zach should have sent in some notes. <laughs> I got Deontay in multi, multiple leagues, so I'm in on it. I, I like it against the Jags. The Jags suck. MVS just put up a million yards the against worst, the Jags. We've been saying it almost every week. They have the worst pass defense in the league. They do. They're, they're, okay. You've seen the DVOA was 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, 30 seconds. The, the, the Seahawks and Titans would like a word. I mean, DVOA, what the hell is DVOA? (laughs) DVOA was like, based on DVOA, the Ravens should have won 30 to zero. Okay, so fuck DVOA. (laughs) So this is just a bunch of pain for me in my picks tonight, just because I don't love my picks. But this one hurts me on a different level. I I hate to do this. And I don't I don't even I'm not even doing this to in hopes that he proves me wrong and has a great game because my personal, you know, fandom or whatever but i'm sitting Corey davis in the flex because of everything we point out earlier this is going to be back to basis game for the titans how many times we've said this show they're going to run derrick henry which means they're going to throw it 400 times and everybody in this receiver is going to have two touchdowns whatever it's fine but i'm sitting Corey davis this week just because it's they're going to force derrick henry and i think that if any of the receivers are going to have a shot at anything it's going to be either one of those weird Batson or Khalif Raymond type shot games. And then AJ Brown working in the inter- intermediates, maybe he busts a long one. I just don't, I just don't have the confidence that Corey Davis is going to show up or be given the opportunity to. So let me just get this straight really quick. As a show, we are recommending sitting Ryan Tannehill, Johnny Smith and Corey Davis. So we're like all the whole, pass catchers. Mm-hmm. That thing we talked about last week about Ryan Tannehill throwing more than two touchdowns in like, what was it like 18 of 21 starts or something like all but one or now two games this year. Like we're just abandoning all of that. Or are we no, just saying no, like, they're going to AJ Brown to and Khalif and the other one's going to go to AJ Brown. Okay. So you're saying my pick sucks is what you're no, saying. No, no, I'm just saying, Yours is no, no, be no, 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 actually the opposite, because I think, we talked about this last week too. Like a quarterback could throw two touchdowns and still not be a top twelve right. start. But that's true. Somebody's got to catch true. those passes. Somebody's got to score the touchdowns. I I will say this. I'm starting AJ Brown in one of my leagues. So Me I do. I mean, I, how do you I feel comfortable sitting AJ Brown? Right. You don't because he's his boom is so good. It's kind of like Will Fuller. If Will Fuller was healthy all the time, um, which he has, which been, he this has year. been this year. Yeah. He, I mean, AJ Brown. You have to you have to start him because the upside is so so good. Whereas um, Corey Davis and Johnny Smith is right. the same. Fine. Agreed. And Corey Fine. Davis last week, I think, was the first game he didn't have more than 12 points. It was. Which was kind of a shocker. Yeah, that yeah that he played. Well, he was, like, invisible in the third quarter, second and third quarters. Well, the Titans didn't have the, the Titans ball. The Titans were in the second. Right. Quarter, so, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to who is your green light? Who is your start? And, and did Mello get an editor sheet? Okay. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to – address that real quick so my my start in the flex is one jacoby myers against houston his not his name's not one jacoby myers it's just jacoby myers but there's only one of them one Um, jacoby myers now (laughs) yeah obi-wan jacoby now i have you listened to uh 
messing with the boys with, Actually, with uh, <laughs> the recent one. He calls him Arthur Juan Kenobi. Yeah, I haven't listened to and it, but got, I saw Will. He's got the tweet. yeah, he's got the rat tail in the back, and he he told AJ apparently that next touchdown he scores to force choke people in the end zone and have them fall down. Apparently AJ's on board, but AJ told him he's like, man, I don't play like that. Like, don't don't mess with me. I'm not gonna do something stupid. And Will's like, no, it's gonna be awesome. You gotta do it. So somehow he's convinced him to do this this celebration. We'll see if he actually does it, but Will is very hyped for it. Uh, so that's the that's the Star Wars tangent here. But Jacoby Myers, Mello, Justin <laughs> Mello. I totally forgot um, what we were talking about before you. Yeah, <laughs> Justin Mello of Broadway Sports. His whole fantasy existence hinges on Jacoby Myers scoring, you know, like fifteen points, <laughs> fifteen points a game to save his game in the last possible game of of football it's happened well, the past two weeks sunday night or monday night every week for some reason. i know but he's like i need jacoby myers to do this i'm like dude why is your fantasy game hinging on jacoby myers it's just so absurd to me that being said jacoby myers has been really good lately jacoby myers has been the wide receiver eight since week seven so week seven eight nine ten wide receiver eight that's really good uh, part of it is because Julian Edelman has been out, and so there's there's less targets to be spread. And Jacoby has gotten 40% of the target share the last three weeks. That's absurd. Uh, I think it was 43, 43, 41 were the shares. And before that, it was 26 in week seven when he was still – he had over 10 points. So this is a guy you want to add to your lineup. You you want to pick him off of waivers if he's still available because uh, he's kind of flying under the, the radar here. But he's he, he's definitely a guy that uh, Cam Newton has grown to trust. And it'll be interesting to see if Julian Edelman coming back when he does in the next couple of weeks, if he impacts Myers or, or not. But I, I like Jacoby Myers this week. I like him until Edelman comes back. I, I was able, just, able to pick him up on two in two leagues just to kind of see what happens with him because I don't have to play him, but he's there yeah. in a pinch if I need him. I think he's perfect exactly. for that. It's right. been great, and I just realized what your background is, Greenlaw. Yeah, it's the good just, place. because just hit you know, me. Yeah, it's a good place. Because everything is fine with I get, football. I, that's, that's another show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. we, we can give show recommendations while we're here, too, because I've got to start the Queen's Gambit. I've got There's so much i got to start, man. Queen's Gambit was very good. I just finished that uh, this weekend. Very, yeah. I, I very much liked it. I, I thought it was one of the better shows I've seen this quarantine period. I would I'm put that and, and Ted Lasso were the two of the best shows I've Ted seen. Ted Lasso is the best show I've ever seen, hands down. So if you're out there, listen ever? to me. Hands down? No, dude, Ted Lasso it is, is it's phenomenal. such a great show. It is. I, I'm telling you, it's about soccer, sort of, <laughs> but not really. But it is a it is a warm, heartwarming, funny, real life. Not really drama, but it deals with real life stuff and just the the sadness that can come out of life. But the overall beauty to have someone. It, Ted Lasso is fantastic. It's, yes, Today it is. Is, is, is phenomenal. It's a great yep, yep. show. I couldn't recommend Ted Lasso anymore it is unbelievable when i was watching it i felt like a better person just watching it it is an unbelievable unbelievable show coach beard is hilarious (laughs) yes but everybody in ted lasso is great everybody 
every every actor and actress is just top notch. They've done a great job. I I was mad that the season was over. I really was because it, it really turned out Me to too. be my favorite show. But it got renewed for two more seasons. Yeah, I'm so, so get ready. Yeah. yeah. So we, we joked about it. We're, we're, we're this show. We're covering everything. We're covering pop culture. JG doesn't man. believe us that it's a good show, but if you watched it, you'd understand. JG, it is it is fantastic. Do you? Who the not. hell is Apple TV? It's free for a year. It's free for a year, dude. What are you doing? If you get something else or some shit. No, no, just get it for a year. Ever heard of Plex? What the? F- Plex. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't heard of that either. So all maybe right, we have, uh, all right. shoot me a DM after the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give you the hookup. Anyway, the so Flex, I don't even know where we are. Sponsored by Plex. Flex by Plex. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we're we're talking about. I think we're on JG, and you're on your Flex sit. Really? <laughs> if you say so. Um. All right. <laughs> Am I wrong? I have no idea. Honestly, no. Not even a single clue. Um, are you confused? I'm sitting. Ronald Jones, yes, the very same Ronald Jones who ran for like a thousand yards in one play last weekend. The very same Ronald Jones who was explosive <laughs> AF last weekend. But here's the thing. They're playing the Rams this week, and I am not about this game from a point standpoint. Also, you can't ever you can't trust Bruce Arians even a little bit. You know, one minute no, liar, Ronald Jones noted is, liar, Bruce Arians. Noted liar. One minute Ronald Jones is like the guy this week, and then Come against the Rams, it's just going to be like a Fournette game or a freaking Keyshawn Vaughn game or some shit. Like, who the hell knows what goes yeah, through that okay. guy's mind. So I'm just, like, taking a little bit of a chance here. But I, I just think that the Rams do have a really good defense, and this is a low-scoring game. It's not the kind of game where the Bucks just, like, get up to a big lead and bleed it out with Ronald Jones. So bench the mofo. Agreed. Rojo. I agree, and I hate Ronald Jones. Me too. He did well for me last week, so <laughs> maybe he's just turned to, to – to... Be bad again. So let's go over to sleepers real quick. Try to wrap all this up. Who's your sleeper this week, JG? So my sleeper right now, right now is Brashad Perriman, but Brashad Perriman is questionable. He did, he was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. So what do you mean right now? Because this is kind of set in stone. If he doesn't play, my sleeper is Denzel Mims, baby. But if no, he no, does no, play, no. then no, I'm no, taking no. Brashad Perriman. <laughs> no, no, no. Brashad Perriman is getting the. I'm doing it with Rashard Perriman unless he doesn't play, in which case no, no, no. there's no unless. Full credit. <laughs> if he doesn't play, then you're just SOL. <laughs> nope. If he doesn't play, then I get credit for however many points Denzel Mims gets. Oh, no, you do not. That's do. not how this works. Yeah. From now play. on, I'm going to have three players just to cover. Well, my, only if one's questionable and they play for the same team, and he's like the backup to the guy. Who would... Oh, you can't you make him screw it. Fuck Rashard Perriman. Play Denzel Mims, guys. He's my sleeper <laughs> this week. Actually, no. Rashard Perriman. <laughs> I feel good about Rashad Perriman. He's been really – I feel like Flacco's really looking – I just – he's questionable, so I'm worried. But I do think he's going to play. So, Rashad Perriman it is. Water, but I went with it. I didn't say if not. That, well, that was your fault. Perriman-Flacco connection is that Ravens connection. You know, they were they yeah. failed first-round pick. Redemption story for both of them. Back to elite status for each player. Boom. Fair. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it was your sleeper in Greenlaw. Damian Harris versus Houston. Uh, Houston's the third worst run defense against uh, running backs. They're giving up 30 points a game in fantasy. The This is a little bit risky because Harris is not getting any targets in the passing game, but he's been very good as a runner. Uh, hopefully he he breaks off a couple big chunk runs against the, the Texans and that 
seals him as a sleeper. But I, I like Damian Harrison. I think he's worth worth picking up. Uh, I mean, he definitely is because all the running backs suck. Yeah. Yeah. He's been very fun to watch. Yeah. My sleeper this week is Devontae Parker because we've, we've said it a couple of times. We've been banking on him being the connection with Tua. It's going to happen at some point. It's in popping time. at some point. It's <laughs> popping at some point. And, and that's, that's all I'm really banking this on. You know, he's still, he's still got seven targets in each of the last two games. So he's getting thrown to, but it's just this, it's going to pop at some point in time and versus Denver. It's, it's a middle of the road, you know, matchup, but they can give up some big numbers at times. I look for Tua, take advantage, and look to Parker early and often, and just, if I'm wrong, whatever. That's why it's a sleeper pick, because I'm kind of banking that this is the week he's going to explode. So everyone loves the Dolphins now, right? Yeah. Kiss of death, guys. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I actually, we talked about this again on the Coach's Corner, but just randomly, Jonathan and I were texting back and forth. Born and I were about who, as a franchise, for both the future and for the season, who would you rather be? Because they're both six and three. Would you rather be the Tennessee Titans and how they've kind of just lost themselves, or the Miami Dolphins who've got this spark right now? Like, which which seat would you rather be in for this year? For this year or for the future? Well, we 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 handled both of those, but just start with just this year for right now. Just this year, I'd rather have it be the Titans. Like for a Super Bowl run in twenty twenty, the Titans, no question, no question. Yeah, that's what we agree. I with agree. But it's interesting when you get to future though. I think it's it's equally no question the Dolphins. Really, they it's, have the number four pick it, right now. In addition to a roster know, that is a I know, but I think it's right closer now. than that. I I agree, but I think the Titans already have some of these game breakers or elite talents where the Dolphins are banking on some of these picks to become that. Sure, so sure, sure. Yeah, that's where I think that's where it gets a little risky. But it is closer than I would like for right. it to be. But that was the whole point it's of the thing. question. The, the, if you look at what San Francisco did as like an interesting model for how to build a franchise, like the Dolphins are positioned to do something very similar. If they can land a Nick Bosa level edge rusher at that pick they get from Houston, that is the thing that separates them from where the Titans are. And I guess you could argue that like Jeffrey Simmons was the Titans' chance to get like a blue chip top five defensive line player, but. As great as and as much as I love Simmons, he does not affect the game like a Nick Bosa from the edge. He just doesn't. And I don't know. I think the Dolphins, if if Tua is good, like it's all hinges on Tua, right? If Tua is it flames out in two years, then obviously the Titans are probably in a better spot. But. Speaking of kiss of death, he literally made the, the the one of the worst comments a young quarterback can. It's like, oh, the NFL's oh, not yeah. that hard. Yeah, that okay. was interesting. Good luck. A couple of brutal <laughs> games coming up for him. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, oh, exactly. this is it. This is the week the Dolphins go down in flames and, and like, not crash back to reality, but, like, look, I saw somebody on Twitter ask a Dolphins beat writer if last week was a trap game for the Dolphins. Like, I'm sorry, Dolphins, as great as your season has been, you don't get trap games yet. Like, you got to be a, a real team to have trap games. Right. So, right. Uh, like, the Dolphins are getting a little ahead of themselves, and I just feel like I'm in on the Dolphins, but how many times are they going to have like an insane special teams play that like propels right. them to a lead? Their defense early in the seems game. to get a touchdown every single game as well. Right. Uh, it's very frustrating to watch the Dolphins' defense and then watch the Titans' defense <laughs> because I feel like the Titans should have more talent and they're performing at such a lower level than the, that, the Dolphins. That was the basis of my point of my question was not the quarterback situation, but it was the like the defense and how overperforming the Dolphins are and underperforming the Titans are. And like I right. was like. Well, would you rather have because the Dolphins are playing above their head right now. I know it'll come crashing down at some point, but you know they're playing yeah, better yeah. than they should be. It's if the Titans don't reset somewhere in the coaching staff, 
this off season with the defensive staff, I will be very disappointed in them because I don't, it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. And it doesn't seem like, well, the last time Vrabel was in charge of a defense, it didn't go well at all. Nope. Um, and it, it oh. seems to this, this seems to be a direct carryover from that. Not yeah. from not last year or the, the year before when they had Dean Pease. Right. So we'll see what happens there. Just to mention it, don't want to spend a lot of time, but Zach's sleeper was Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, there was some hot debate before the show started tonight on that whole pick, and it would have been interesting to have Zach on. JG, do you have any thoughts about the pick, Marvin Jones Jr.? You want to go in here with the ligaments and all this good stuff? He scored a lot of touchdowns in the last few games, so it seems like a pretty good sleeper pick. Right. Pretty easy yeah. pick, you're saying? No, no, I mean, it's fine. It's not like it's Joe Mixon one. level it's, easy. It's a fine one to close it all out on. It's, it's good. So let's get into the closing. Remember to be sure and check out all the other podcast articles that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Partner with 440 Sports. Be sure to make sure, be sure that you're making your switch over from your Broadway account to your Heimendinger Foundation account. Make sure to catch Zach and, well, no, it'll be JG and maybe me. You, I think. Yeah, yeah. Me, and I'll be in freaking Texas. At 1030 wow. Central. And you'll actually be 1030 Central. 1030 Central. I'm going to wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning. So. This is going to be, and again, that's the middle time zone for anybody that's confused. <laughs> like my other co <laughs> For Fantasy Overtime, we'll have all of your last minute set starts, advice, if we can even figure out anything about this crazy season. It should be a fun show. Maybe, maybe we'll review Ted Lasso if JG can watch some of it before that, before then. So but make sure you're following Broadway Sports on Twitter at BroadwayTN and the show at Flex on Broadway. Follow Zach and wish him congratulations on his pending nuptials at F Words Pod. JG at Titans Film Room and Greenlaw at Rob on Broadway. Check out other social medias, Facebook, Instagram, good stuff going on over there. Remember to subscribe and rate five stars. Give us the thumbs up on YouTube. Get us a part of that algorithm. Appreciate it. See you next time, Flexers. I watched it last time. Good show. I love it. So if you had to recommend Umbrella Academy or Queen's Gambit, which one would you recommend I start? Queen's Gambit because it's only seven episodes. A Broadway sports media production.